0: If you will go ahead and turn uh, to Galatians, I'm sorry, not Galatians, excuse me, Genesis 16, 13, Genesis 16, 13, and as you're turning there, I just got to go ahead and get this out of my system. It's therapeutic for me. Um, I will not say, I will not say hate because hate is uh, not a word that's nice for someone who's speaking, but I strongly dislike Paul Pierce. Um... I just do. Uh, those who those who know who Paul Pierce is, uh, you know what I'm talking about. For those who don't, I'm not going to give him credit by telling him, by telling you who he is. All I know is that he hurt my Atlanta Hawks yesterday real bad, and he cut me deep, and uh, I'm still mourning it about it. And you're thinking, well, "What does this have to do with Mother's Day sermon?" Absolutely nothing, but it's very therapeutic for me, and I feel better now, and uh, so so now I can actually speak, and uh, and uh, yeah. He 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 hurt us real bad but that's all right we're going to hopefully rise up and not do what every Atlanta team since my childhood has done just choke but there's always tomorrow there's always next year <laughs> all right Very excited about speaking today, Uh, especially if you're new with us. Welcome. Glad that you're here. I'm Drew Winters. I'm the youth pastor here. And so maybe that, maybe the question comes up for you. Well, where's the pastor? Uh, I jokingly say that my my name is not John. Uh, uh, Even though my name is Drew, you can call me not John because I'm not Pastor John. Uh, He takes the month of May with his family and they go off to the beach and it's kind of a mini sabbatical for him. And, and I think it's great. He's able to go and be at the beach and rest up and uh, spend time with his family and God and, and and really just take time to relax and rest up and sharpen and, and uh, everything else. So that way when he comes back 1st uh, of June, he's ready to, to get going and hit the ground running. And so he's not here today, but he's given me the privilege of speaking to you um, And uh, we wish him well, and I pray for him, and I can't wait to have him back. But at the same time, I'm glad here uh, to uh, uh, to come. And again, if you forget my name and you just want to come and speak, just say, "Hey, just know my name's not John," and uh, and uh, because I'm sure people will come up because people have come up in uh, kind of in in previous previous years when this has happened and say, Hey, when's, when's John coming back? I'm like, but I'm preaching. It's going to be great. Right. Uh, the, the best one, the best one of all time is, is a couple of years ago when, uh, when, when somebody didn't know that my wife is obviously married to me and they come up just to her thinking she's a random person. And it's like, man, that guy who preached today, he's, he's not all that great, but when's John coming back? And, and so, Oh, come back a couple of weeks. And, you know, and, and so who are you? And, and my wife goes, well, I'm, I'm, I'm Kim Winters. I'm actually Drew's husband. And they go, Oh, Drew's wife. I'm sorry. Sorry. Drew's wife. So anyway, so I'm not John, and uh, that is my wife, and um, we'll go, <laughs> y'all can laugh all you want, but at least I didn't get on, at least I didn't get up on the stage today and say I like moms, but not that way, so at least that wasn't me today, <laughs> although I like you dance, man, you kind of, kind of got on it, all right, Genesis uh, 16, 13, we're going to read that in a, in a moment, but just as way of introduction. Happy Mother's Day, so glad, uh, again, that we get to honor moms today, and uh, this message is going is to be kind of centered uh, um, on what God wants to do for you, and God just placed this message in my heart and uh, a couple of weeks ago, and I'm thrilled to be able to, to speak it. Here's where we're going to start. Um, where, how we're going to start, before we read the scriptures, is we're going to introduce the first mom who spoke in the Bible. Because I don't know about you, but the longer I walk with God, the more that I realize that zero nada zilch nothing happens when it comes to the things of god that is absolutely uh oh what's that i don't think it will darling see really i don't think it will you feel better now you ready to let me preach I just want to make sure, because I can't go until you go. I mean, I was, I was about ready to start running, and, and you were concerned that this thing was too small, huh? Okay, you good? All right. I love you very much. Just embarrass her more, because she's so embarrassed right now. Let's give it up for Kim. <laughs> Woo! This was almost on par of that day that, uh, that, that you really got onto a team for being on his phone while you were speaking, and he was actually taking notes. You called him out, you are like, and I won't say, you said, you said, random teenager who, I will, who shall not be named, get off your phone. And he goes, I'm taking notes. And then Kim goes, oh. All right, so this is almost on par with that one. All right. All right. Where was I? Okay, first mom in the Bible. So the first mom in the Bible with the speaking part. Uh, I, I, I just believe that zero, not a zilch, nothing Comes as a coincidence or as a, or as a surprise with God. There there is no coincidence with God. There's only providence. And the longer I walk with God, the, the, the longer I realize that even the smallest things in my life that He does and He's a part of, and the things that He written that He is allowed to be written in the Bible, they're they they're true and they matter. And so when a mother is allowed to have a speaking part and she's the first one, what she says matters. Rest assured that there, but, uh, but before this mother, and I'm about to introduce her in a second, before this mother um, uh, spoke or was allowed to speak, let me just go ahead and say that there were other mothers previously before her in the Bible, but they didn't have speaking parts as mothers. There were also other women in the Bible who spoke, but at the time that they spoke, they, they, they weren't mothers. So what we're about to find out today, we're about to look at the life of the first mother who spoke in the Bible. And I believe it matters because what she chose to use her words on is fascinating because the first mother who ever spoke in the Bible actually gave a name and described God. And that's fascinating, especially for today, and I believe it has huge implications, because all throughout, especially the Old Testament, one of the things that God would consistently do is he would show up to different characters in the Bible, and he would reveal a part of who he is, and they, in turn, would give him a name that described that attribute. Over and over and over again, especially if you look at someone like a King David, King David in the Psalms would always write about his experiences with God. And there were times that God would just show up and, and, uh, and, 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 and give David a way out um, and, and an escape, uh, which he couldn't have provided on his own. And so at that moment, David would take that attribute from God and he would say, God, you, you are my way maker. There were times that... God would show up to different characters and give them the strength to fight his battles and, and, uh, and to do things that they never thought possible. And, and, those, and those characters would inevitably describe God. They would take that attribute of him and they would say, God, you are my strength. So we find this pattern all throughout the Bible. And so that's why it's so interesting when the first mother who spoke in the Bible, she uses her words to describe an attribute of God. She uses her words to name God. And the person that I'm talking about is a lady. She's a very little-known lady in the Bible. Her name is Hagar. And Hagar, when God shows up on the scene for this, uh, for when she names him, Hagar, I'm not going to lie, had been done wrong. She had absolutely been wronged. Long story short, God showed up to the father of our faith, Abraham, and said, Abraham, you're an old man, and I know your wife has uh, has not had the ability to have children. Her name was Sarah. But I'm gonna give you a son. I'm gonna make a son, I'm, I'm gonna allow you to have a son. And not only is that son gonna be a blessing to you, but through that son and through you, all the nations of the earth are gonna be blessed. And you're gonna have multiple descendants, descendants that you could even count. That was the promise given to the father of, uh, father of our faith, Abraham. But there came a time that Abraham, and I'm so glad that these characters in the Bible are real, there came a time that Abraham started doubting. And 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 I guess he, him and Sarah, his wife, thought, you know what? Um, let's let's make this happen because it's been decades since God, since God has given us that promise. Maybe I didn't hear Him right. Maybe I didn't understand Him right. And uh, so you know, may, maybe maybe the maybe the child of the promise isn't supposed to come through us. Maybe God wants us to kind of make this happen. Maybe we can help God. Now that's a different sermon on its own because anytime we try to help God. When, in, in his plans, we end up messing things up. That's a totally different message. It really is. Very powerful one. And for those of you who think you can try to help God, stop. Just stop right now. Stop helping God. But Abraham and Sarah's solution to try to help God, since they could not conceive a child, instead of waiting on God, they said, you know what? Let's take our servant, Hagar. And Abraham, wh- why don't you go sleep with Hagar get her pregnant, and maybe that will be the child of the promise. Maybe that's what God meant. Maybe that's how this whole child is supposed to happen. So Abraham goes, okay, right? And so he, he, so he, he, he goes and with Hagar, he sleeps with her, gets her pregnant, and wouldn't you know, she had a son. Son, son. was named Ishmael. And here's where Abraham did her wrong. Once Abraham and Sarah saw that son, especially Sarah, Sarah grew jealous. She thought that She saw that Hagar was taunting her and, 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 and trying to make her mad and showcasing off this son that Sarah couldn't have. And so she goes to Abraham and said, I can't take this anymore. I need you to send Hagar away. Send her son away. And Abraham agreed. So we find Hagar with her son. It's a mother. Absolutely with nowhere to go. She's been kicked out of her home. She's literally just walking along the roads. Doesn't know whether to go north, east, south, or west. Doesn't know what town to go to. She doesn't have a home to call her own because her home was with Abraham and Sarah. And so it finds her on the road just weeping, saying, what am I going to do? And then God shows up. God in his goodness shows up and gives a promise to Hagar and says, I've seen you. I see what's going on in your life. And Let me tell you, not only am I going to take care of you, but I'm going to bless your son, and he's going to rise up and be a great nation as well. And the first mother with a speaking part in the Bible says this. Because of this incident, and because of the goodness of God, this is what she says about God. She says, you are the God who sees me. She named him El She said, you are El You are the God who sees me. What's interesting about that is that you would think that if a God came down and took care of a mother's son, that she would say, well, you're the God who takes care of my son. You're the God who maybe provides for me. You're the God who wipes my tears. But no, she, she bypassed all those descriptions of God because in that moment, what came out of her heart, the first mother with the speaking part said, you know what? You are the God who sees me, not my son. You are the God who sees me in the context of that, uh, of that naming of God. Is it just some big, yeah, you're the God that sees me because you see everybody. The context of it and the implications of it, you are the God who sees me because you are intimately aware of every part of who I am. You know my circumstances, you know my situation, you know my needs, my desires, my heart. You see me. The very first mother with a speaking part in the Bible said... I've encountered God and you see me. And that's what your scripture says in Genesis 16, 13. If we have it shown up on the board, on the screen, it says this. It says, she gave this name to the Lord who spoke to her. You are the God who sees me. For she said, I've seen the one who sees me. Today, God gave me a specific message for the mothers in here today. That he sees you. He sees what you do. He sees the wise and the heart behind you do what you do. He sees your hopes. He sees your doubts. He sees your fears. He sees your obstacles. He sees every part of who you are. And he knows you. And God laid this on my heart because today he wanted you. He knew you were going to be here. And my message to you from God is that as a mother, he sees you. And not just some John 3, 16, for God so loved and sees the world, he sees you. He is intimately acquainted with every detail from your life. And so today, I'm going to take a couple of moments and talk about the specific things that God sees that you do. Because God, God asked me today to honor you as mothers. So we're going to talk about the specific things that you do that God sees, and we're going to weave that in through the stories of some of the most famous mothers that we find in the Bible, and their stories are extraordinary. But before we do that, have a couple of things just as kind of house cleaning business. I guess first of all, one is a confession. When God laid this message on my heart for today, it, it was very hard for me to put it together because anytime I speak, I love to have, I, I like to be able to stand in front of you with integrity and, and kind of say, I've been there right? You know, and so that way I can speak with you from integrity because I've been there and God's walked me through it as opposed to me just talking to you about theory, right? But at the same, you know, I I have to admit, I'm not a mom, nor will I ever be. (laughs) So this message was hard for me because I can't speak with you, I can't speak about you or to you something that I haven't walked. And I just began to pray to God and God really brought something to my life and, 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 And brought something to my spirit and to my heart. The simple truth is the fact that my life was impacted by a single mom. I'm here today. I'm here today. And standing here because my mother, along with others, but my mother took it upon herself when I was very young to say, you know what? I'm gonna lay down my hopes and my dreams and the things that I wanna accomplish, accomplish to give my son a firm foundation with which to launch off of. I owe so much to you. And yes, I've had plenty of other people and I could go on and on, on on for them too, but my mom has done so much for me. And so while I, yes, I can't speak from the perspective of what it's like to be a mom, I can definitely talk to you about the impact of a mother. So I'm excited about what God wants to share. And the second piece of house cleaning business as well is, I'm going to answer a question that maybe some of you were thinking but don't have the platform to ask. Why the youth band today? Why do we have the youth band come up and play? Because typically it's Mother's Day. It's a little bit more formal of a Sunday than what we would normally do. Why not have the more seasoned experienced band come and play? Why, why, why have a bunch of teenagers come up and play and lead you in worship? Very simple. Because I know those teens. And more importantly, I know the impact that their moms have had on their lives. And I'm, wa- and I, and, and, and I'm watching these teens up here leading worship. But more importantly, I'm reminded of how the mothers in their lives have had impacts. Well, Drew, are you saying the fathers haven't had, haven't had impacts on their lives? Oh, no, not at all. They've got some g- wonderful dads in their lives. But today's Mother's Day. And I wanted the moms, especially for the teens on those stage, to realize the impact that you're having on their lives because you're impacting the next generation. And I wanted the mothers in here who maybe have teenager, t- uh, teenagers or children that, may, uh, that aren't necessarily up on stage to know that you're making an impact too. Because you really can't, if you're going to honor a mom, showcase their kids. And so moms, I just want you to I, I thank you. Whether your child was on stage or not, thank you for everything that you do, and you're making a difference. Let me pray for us, then we're going to start talking about some of the specifics. Father, I just thank you for everything of who you are, And I just ask right now, God, that you would just help me communicate truth on this very special day about how you see these mothers. Help me weave your story of grace and truth and love into their lives so that they may walk out of here encouraged and empowered and strengthened to continue the most noble job that you could have ever given them, and that is to be a mom. Thank you for the moms that you placed in my life, my own And you brought other ladies into my life that have been just as much of a mom to me. And I just thank you for that. My life has been impacted because of them. In your name, amen. The first one. So what we're going to do, we're going to talk about specifics that God sees that you've done. There's only four. First one, he has seen every time you have protected your children. If you're a mom in here, he has seen every single time that you have protected your children I want to go to Moses' mom for this because Moses' mom, by the way, her name's Jochebed. And uh, I wish I had that name. That was cool. You named me wrong, mom. You did. Right? Uh, his name's jo- her name's Jochebed. And, uh, and, and where we find Jacobed is during a time of really strange upheaval uh, in Egypt. The Jews at the time were living in Egypt, and Pharaoh started, getting, started to really get threatened because the Jews were just growing so big and so large. Their community was, was massive, and he was afraid that at, at some point that they were going to become too numerous and, and just take him over, over and run over the kingdom. So he made a decree that all Jewish babies were to be killed. So we find Jochebed with little baby Moses, and they know that soldiers are coming to kill this baby Moses in order to, as well as other children, in order to reduce the number of the Israelites living in that nation and in that country. Jochebed made a, she she made a commitment, she made a decision that her son wasn't going to die. Her baby Moses wasn't going to die. And so she made a, as the story goes, she made a, a little basket, placed Moses in the basket, and then placed that basket in the water to float down the Nile. And long story short, because of that, Moses' life was saved, and somebody else found him, and, and he was able to be, uh, 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 he was able to grow up and, and be safe. So, isn't that just like a mother isn't that what moms do? Moms protect their children. Do fathers offer protection too? Absolutely they do. But there is something special that happens when, when a mother just makes a decision that she's gonna protect her children. Because, no, are, are, are is your circumstances the same to where you're having to make little baskets for children to, 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 to lay for your child to lay in to be safe? No, no, no. But take a step back because the spirit of it is the same. This mother saw what was going on in her nation, in her community, amongst her friends, amongst other parents. And literally what she said was, I don't care what other families are doing as for me and my house and my child. I'm not just going to roll over and let them kill my child. I'm going to do everything possible, even if it's unorthodox, to protect my child. And mothers in here, you do the exact same thing. Thing and God sees it. I cannot tell you there is something that is so incredibly special and powerful when you see a mama bear protecting her babies. My one piece of advice: if you're not a mother in here, if you ever see a mom with that look in her eyes because she's protecting her babies and she's got the mama bear paws out or whatever, just get out of the way. Because you ain't stopping them. You're not stopping them. You're not. I saw that in my mom one time. I'm going to embarrass you with this story. I saw that in my mom one time. My mom was, I, I was 15 years old, okay, right before I turned my life over to God. And I dated this girl. I didn't even date, you know, because I wasn't old enough to date. I probably had, I had a girlfriend that was maybe lasting for about a month. And, and maybe y'all can relate with this. Maybe you can't, I don't know. First two weeks we were boyfriend and girlfriend. She was cool. It was great. Last two weeks, she, her crazy, inner crazy came out, right? It, it, I mean, it was bad. And, and so I, I tried to deal with it on my own or whatever because this girl was crazy, right? And um, and so she, you know, she started. My mom started picking up some, some notes and, or some hints or whatever, and you know, and and. What's going on? No, I'm fine. I'm handle this or whatever. And, and this girl, this before text message emails or whatever, she started sending me notes or whatever, you know, your mom just don't want to see us together. Your mom's a loser, blah, 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 blah. If you ever break up with me, you know, I've got some of my friends or whatever, and, and they're going to take care of you, make your life miserable at school or whatever. And again, this is 15-year-old Drew we're talking about. So, you know, teenagers are drawn to drama. So I'm like, how oh, am I ever going to handle this? Whatever. <laughs> right? And y'all laugh, but when y'all were 15, y'all were just as crazy too, right? You were So my mom finds some of these notes. She finds them. And she reads about how this girl was talking about her and was threatening me. And next thing I know, I'm sitting there in my living room as my mom gets this girl on the telephone. Gets this girl on the telephone, confronts the girl on the telephone, and literally, I'm not over-exaggerating, this is what my mom says. My mom says this, she goes... She goes, let me tell you something. She goes, I'm a fireball. And it, she, I'm not making this up. She goes, I'm a fireball. And if you cross me, you're going to get burned and I'll rip your throat out if you ever threaten my son again. And I'm literally sitting there watching this going, Yes, that's my mom. Now, now I, we do not condone ripping throats out. I just want you to know that. <laughs> You know, and of course that little girl, you know, she's big and bold on paper, but, you know, when my mom's starting to rip her throat out, she's like, yes, ma'am, yes, ma'am, I'm sorry, I won't do that again, yes, ma'am. She's like, you're darn right, you're going to do it again. <laughs> That's a funny story, but that literally just shows, mom, thank you. And the moms in here thank you for the times that you have, that you've kind of whipped the claws out. So I know how to put it because there are times that mama bear has to come out and, and, and protect us. And God sees every single time that y'all do that. He sees it, and he knows it. He sees every single time you do what you do to protect your children and no, every single time it may not be a crazy girlfriend or boyfriend, right? There may be little things, there may be big things, but you are protective. I'm very thankful for a mom. Oh, Lord, I got to, I got to start on my story in lost place. Okay. Mom, thank you for every single time that maybe you told your kids no. Let's get some examples. You told your kids no when they wanted to play with that friend and you just didn't have a good feeling about it. Has any mom ever been there? You can't explain it. You don't know why, but all of a sudden your, your child comes home and says, mama, I want to play with so-and-so, or I want to spend some time or go off with so-and-so. And you don't know that kid from nothing. You don't, but something in your spirit just says, uh-uh. And you tell your kid, I'm sorry, no. Why? You don't even know him. You're right, I don't know him, but no. No. Thank you for every single time you've protected your your children like that. And they may not understand now, but they're going to come back at some point in their lives and they're going to thank you as well. Moms, thank you every single time you've protected your child by putting limits on what they watch, see, and hear. Thank you. I didn't understand it, but there were three things that I couldn't watch or listen to growing up. The Simpsons, (laughs) Beavis and Butthead, and and I couldn't play Mortal Kombat. That's my three rules. She goes, it was. She goes, you are not gonna watch some show where the dude's name is Butthead. (laughs) But mom, all my other friends are doing it. I don't care, no. And you're not going to play some video game where they're chopping people's heads off. But mom, everybody's playing. I don't care. Go play Mario. (laughs) Well, they stomp on turtles' heads. I guess that's what they do. Who knows? Right? But thank you, my mom, and thank you moms for every single time you set boundaries for us because you love us. Thank you for every single time we don't believe in ourselves. Thank you for protecting us by believing in us anyway. That's a form of protection because the world is pretty harsh at times and there are times that, that we go through things that we don't understand or, or, or we go through, through times that are hard and especially as we're growing up, self-confidence is something that's, that's incredibly difficult to, to maintain and thank you moms for protecting us by offering us that I believe in you. I made the basketball team when I was in eighth grade. I originally didn't make it. I originally didn't make it. I wasn't good enough, but the star center got cut because he couldn't, he, he couldn't keep his grades up and so I got added on last minute. I got added on to ride the bench. Scored, scored four points all, all year. Stop laughing, Justin Taylor. Scored four points all year, right? But can I just tell you, I sure didn't know that I was a bench warmer because every single time those two times I made two baskets on two shots all year, my mama lost her mind in the stands. That's my baby! That's gonna look at you shoot that basketball! Yeah! Lost her mind. And you know what though? But that was my mom protecting me because even though I was a bench warmer, she wasn't gonna make she was gonna make sure I didn't have the attitude of a bench warmer. And thank you for that, moms, every single time you do that. And also, moms, as a form of protection, thank you for every single time our kids are about to make stupid decisions. And you step in, and you're over-emotional about it, and you say, "Uh uh-uh, no way. No, 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 no. See, dads tend to be a little bit more logical. When their kid or child has made a stupid decision, they're about to make a stupid decision... Um, Dad will sit down and, and present all the logical reasons and say you don't do this or whatever. Mom will just come in just with tears and say no, no, you're not doing this. No, and then she, and then if she don't think that you got it, she's gonna bring it up five minutes later. Right? You think the conversation's done? She's like, you're still not gonna do that, are you? No, you're still not gonna do that, are you? No, stop, leave me alone. Okay. Ten minutes later, you're still not gonna do that, are you? No, 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 no. no. Mom, thank you for every single time you've you've offered protection for us and. I know I've shared some funny stories, but the message is, not only do we see it, but more importantly, God sees it, and he smiles on it, and he honors you today for it. God has seen the times that you turn your children over to God. He's seen the times that you've turned your children over to him. Another famous mom in the Bible was Hannah. We find Hannah in 1 Samuel, and she couldn't have a child, and she she made a deal with God. She said, God, if you'll give me a child when he's weaned, I'll turn him over to you. And God honored her prayer. And little Samuel, a mighty prophet of God, was was born. And after he was weaned, she literally turned him over to God and dropped him off to to be raised by the priest of the day. And it's where we get our custom of, of baby dedications. Now, obviously, we don't turn our babies over in this day. But that's where oftentimes a mom or a dad will make the decision to bring their child up and to be dedicated because they're making that decision like Hannah did. I'm turning them over to you, Lord. Moms, thank you every single time that you've done that because as protective as you are, I know that's a hard one to turn your babies and your children over to God and to trust him with their lives. Because we all know and we all see, life's hard. Life has the intent to beat us down. We have an enemy who corrupts the minds and the hearts of people who is intent on absolutely destroying the next generation growing up so that way they will not be a light in darkness and they will not be able to take their place as ministers and as people of God. He says he does everything in his power, everything from bullying to um, uh, to. to I don't know, bullying to uh, name calling, uh, just, uh, just th- things that cause tears and suffering and not fair. And he does all those things. And I know as a mother, you want more than anything to be able to protect your children from that. But oftentimes, God allows our, ch- our kids to go through it anyway. And then one of the things that you've got to do is to trust God with your child. But every time you've done that, and every time you've prayed prayers over us to say, God, you protect my child, protect my babies, protect them, give them wisdom. Every single time you've done that, God sees it. I've got specific memories growing up of my mom as I was asleep in bed, coming in and sneaking into my room late at night after I went to sleep, and laying her hands on my hands and crying out to God and saying, God, do not let Drew, do not let these hands ever touch drugs. She'd lay her hand on my head and say, do not let my son be caught into to bad thinking or corrupt thinking. Lay her hand on my heart and pray and say, God, I pray that this heart will be reserved for one girl and one girl only. I pray you'd protect my boy. I pray you'd bring people into his life and friends. She'd do that while I was sleeping. Now, you may ask, how, Drew, how do you know if you were sleeping? Because probably about one or two times, I'd wake up, and there's no more scarier thing than to wake up, and there's your mom over you with tears in her your face. You're like, what are you doing, Mom? Huh? She's goes, I'm just praying for you, baby. I'm praying because I love you. I'm praying. You. I just don't want you to do no bad things or whatever. I'm like, I just want to go to sleep. How about that? Okay, baby, I love you. I love you. You still my sugar, man. Blah, 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 let's go. But in so many ways, what my mom was doing in that point, and I, and, and I know that the mothers in here, you do it in your own specific way, is... She was turning her child over to God, and she was working out this part of her faith where she was saying, God, I'm going to trust you with my child, and everything good and everything bad that's going to happen, you're the Lord of it all, and I'm going to trust you in my child's future. Can I tell you, that's one of the reasons why I believe God gives us his promises in the scriptures. Yes, they give them for us. But how many mothers would say in here that, that you're reading of the scriptures and specifically the promises of God changed after you became a mom? Because then you stopped seeing those promises for yourself and you started seeing them for your children. How many people would say that? How many people, you're, maybe moms in here, you're, you're, uh, your perspective changed on scriptures such as Jeremiah 29, 11, which says, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, "They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a hope and a future. How many people that, how many moms in here after, after you became a mom, a scripture like that had a totally different meaning because you would trade every ounce of it that God had reserved for yourself if he would give it to your child? Philippians four nineteen, And the same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches, which have given us, been given to us in Christ Jesus. How many moms have taken a scripture like that and claimed it for your child and spoken it over to your child? What about Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. How many people, how many moms in here have taken the I out of that and have placed your child's name in it? Psalms 84.11, for the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. Proverbs 3.5-6, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to him and he will make your path straight. I believe that God gives scriptures and promises like that. They're layered because, yes, they're for your life. But for those moms who are daily turning their children over to a God and working out that faith part, he gives you scriptures of that for you. And thank you for every single time you've taken that hard step and trusted us to God. He sees that. He sees your step of faith. He sees your faith in him, and he's going to honor it. In his timing, the seeds that you're sowing by turning your children over to God, now he's going to honor. And thank you for doing that. God sees it. Number three, he has seen the times you showed great faith in impossible circumstances. God has seen the times that she's shown great faith in impossible circumstances. I go back to the the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and and we see a character specifically in Luke by the name of Elizabeth. And she was the great aunt of Jesus. I think that's right, maybe cousin. I forget how that works, right? But Elizabeth, she was old, and she had not had a child. And one day the angel of the Lord appears to her husband, who was serving his priestly duties, and said, You're going to have a child. His name's going to be John the Baptist. Name him John. And the dad didn't have faith. He, ha- he, he asked the angel, Lord, well, how am I going to know this is going to happen? But Elizabeth had incredible faith. And the Bible says multiple times that, that there was joy when she realized what God was doing. There was laughter and singing because she had incredible faith. There wasn't a part of her that's ever recorded that she doubted that even in her old age that God could give her a child. He did, named John, and John became John the Baptist who was the precursor of Jesus. He prepared the way for Jesus Christ. Now think about the times for us and for you moms in here who have literally laid the way for us with your faith. I see people like my wife. My wife does an incredible job of teaching our kids. Yes, do I have a responsibility to do do it as well? Yes, but she teaches our kids faith. She teaches our kids how to worship. She teaches our kids all the just foundational pieces that they're going to always be able to come back to. She lives with her life what she wants our kids to be able to do. And I know that there are so many other moms in here who do the same exact thing. I think of someone like, I'm just naming a couple of names and I just know I'm sure there's a ton of others. I think of somebody like a Rita Beachy. If you, if you hear her life and her story, and yes, John was a part of this as well, but they literally moved from Indiana Down to Georgia to open up a coffee shop. And her kids saw that incredible faith coming out of her. Thank you for setting the example. And yes, we don't expect as children, we don't expect you to be perfect. The Bible clearly teaches us in Romans that we're gonna work out our faith with fear and trembling. We're still working out our faith, and I know you are too, but thank you for the times that you have set that example for us by showing your great faith. Thank you for taking us to church on the times that we begged you, please let me sleep in and watch TV. And you said, nope, we're going to church. Thank you for the times that you've lifted your hands and you've worshiped even when you don't feel like it. We see that. Thank you for the prayers that you have prayed over us. Thank you for the decisions that you have made where at times you have said, I don't care what else happens all, happens all around us. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Thank you for those times, but more importantly, God sees it. He sees what you do and he sees the steps that you've taken and he honors you. And he offers you special grace and strength so that you can continue to do it as well. But moms, don't ever forget the pattern and the impact you can have spiritually through great faith. Here's the last one. God has seen the unconditional love that you have provided in all of life circumstances. I think if we were to poll the children in here and ask them, what did mom provide you the most? I think the majority of us will say it's that unconditional love. Because there is nothing like that unconditional love from a mom. They think their baby is the best even when they're not. It's almost borderline delusional, but it's a good thing. It is good. Let me tell you the example that I found in the Bible was Mary, the mother of Jesus. She gets a lot of credit for one thing, and that was the virgin birth. But if you look at the pattern of scriptures in in her life, she was there for all of the seasons and phases that Jesus went through. She was obviously there at his birth. When he, the son of God, fully God but fully human, she was there. When, as a human, he was the most needy. Luke chapter 2 says that she was there at his naming. When they named him Jesus eight days after he was born. When a prophetess of God came up and declared over his life that he was going to do incredible things. That he was destined to shake the nation. She was there. Matthew chapter 2. She was there doing the uprootings of life. When Joseph, her husband, had a dream that a great persecution was coming to the babies in that, in that region and to get out and go to Egypt and they had to move, they had to change locations and, and change, uh, change professions in every part of who they were. They had to uproot their lives and leave. She was there. And I'm sure there's so many moms here who could relate as well. Thank you. Luke chapter 2, she was there when Jesus Christ as a as a young boy, was, was in his mischievous phase and purposely stayed behind after they left so that way he could be in his father's house. She was there in John chapter 2. She was there at, 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 when, when he performed his first miracles, when she, brought him, when she brought a wedding party to him to turn water into wine. She was there. Mark 6, she was there when he was doubted. There were so many people when Jesus would go back to his hometown who would say, isn't this the son of Mary and Joseph? We know this boy. And he says he's the son of God. She was there. In Mark chapter 3, she was there when he began to stand up and be his own man. There came a scripture in a time where Jesus was ministering and somebody gave word to Jesus that, uh, hey, your mothers and brothers are here to see, to, to see you. You need to stop what you're doing and go see them. And literally, Jesus Christ, at that point, he made the decision to be his own man and say, well, who are my mothers and brothers? It's the people here who do my will. I'm not going to drop what the Father has told me to do to go be with them. I've got to be about my Father's work. She was still there when Jesus decided that he was going to be his own man. In Acts chapter 1, she was there when his dream was fulfilled. After Jesus went up to be in heaven, he gave a promise of the Holy Spirit. He told the disciples to wait in Jerusalem and pray. And the scriptures say in Acts 1, 12 through 14, you know who was there? It, it specifically says Mary, the mother of Jesus. She was there. She saw her son's dream and his vision for life become fulfilled because she was there. And the last one, John 19, she was there at his death. I can't imagine what she felt like watching her son die because no parent wants to see their children die before them. She was there for every season of life. I recognize that there may be some mothers here who Mother's Day is very hard for you because you, A, haven't been able to have a child, or B, either through miscarriage or after birth, you've lost children. And I will not embarrass you. I'm not going to have you stand up or whatever, but I'm looking at the life of Mary who, who did the unthinkable and she watched her child die. And God wants you to know that if you're there and you find yourself in that moment, he sees you. He sees the hurt as well. And every single part of the phases of life that you've walked through with your child he sees every baseball game, every hurt knee, every tear, every breakup, every graduation, every failure. everything and every season that you have walked with your child through as a mother, God wants you to know right now. He sees you. El Roy. El Roy the God who sees you is here. And He knows you. And He wants you to leave today with your head held high. That the God of this universe and who created us sees you. So how are we going to close today? Purposely want to get us out of here maybe a little bit early so we can we can go grab lunch or lunch with mom. But I feel like it'd be fitting that we would close this way. If God sees you, then we as part of this church family need to see you as well. So what I would like to do in a minute, I'm not gonna have the band come up because I want the band to participate in this. In a minute, I'm gonna get the moms to stand up. And if you are here, actually, let's go and start that way. If you're a mom in this place, would you just stand up where you're seated? You're not gonna come down in the front or whatever. Your mother, if you would stand up. Yes. Here is what we're here's what we're gonna do. Is in a moment, John is gonna play just some soft music. And if you are here and you, your mom is here, I want you to go stand around her. If your mother is not here, and there is someone else in here who has been a mother figure to you or like a mom, you go stand with her. If you are here and both your mom and someone who is like a mother figure to you is here, y'all kind of figure it out. But just be in the same place, all right? <laughs> I also recognize that for some husbands, both your mother and your wife, who is a mother, may be here too. Kind of get, kind of figure it out and work it, work it all together, okay? So what we're going to do, first of all, let's make our way there, and then I'll give further instructions. This whole message was about the God who sees us. And so when John begins to play some of that music, I want two specific things to happen. The first thing that I want to happen is I want the people that are here to look at their mother and tell them that you see what they did and what they did for you. I want you to tell them. I want you to say, Mom, thank you for the times that you believed in me. Thank you for helping me through that tough time thank you for the unconditional love. That's the first part. And then the second part is we're going to pray a special blessing in prayer. And you're going to lead it for your mother. And pray that God would just continue to fill her to do the work that she's called to do. So let's start with the first one, John, if you'll go and hit the music. And I want... Don't, don't let it be a thing that, hey, they know, they know, I'll tell them later, I gave them a card, which, hey, hey let me go ahead and tell you about the card, okay, I'm going to go ahead and just tell you about the card. Thank you for buying the card for Mother's Day, but let me tell you what really matters is not somebody else's words, your words do. That's the thing that a card does is it's somebody else's words. So now let's use your words to tell mom what she means to you. So John, go ahead, we'll take about two, three minutes, then we'll go to the prayer part.